0: Welcome to Culture Crux. It's so good to have you tuning in today. The guest that we have in studio, I'm so excited about hearing her story, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did when I talked to her. Let's listen in. Glenda, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to sit down with us. It's, it's an honor to have you here.
1: Thank you, Pastor James. It's a blessing <laughs> to be here.
0: So I have a few questions for you. Um, what did your home life look like as a child?
1: I was raised in a Christian home and churched continuously since I was a, a young girl, probably about 5 because my 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 birth father passed away a few months before I was born, so my mother was raising my older sister and me. So and we didn't have a car, so We walked to church, but my memory is from about five or six where we walked to Sunday school. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was 10, and so that's when I was saved and baptized.
0: So the religious foundation is Christian, evangelical Christian.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: And with a single mother raising you for a while, did you have a stepfather enter the picture ever?
1: Yes, when I was seven. My mom married my stepdad, who was a good dad, and he and I actually were baptized on the same day when I was 10, and I don't know how old he was.
0: (laughs) So what did family dynamics look like outside of church?
1: We had a very caring, I had a wonderful mother, and um, I just knew I was loved, and I was a tomboy, so I enjoyed playing outside. My sister was the homemaker's type.
0: So I'm just curious, did that faith that was anchored as a young child always remain for your entire life? Or did you ever have any moments of doubt, moments where your faith was maybe shaken or had any questions?
1: Well, I walked with Jesus, but I had didn't really have a lot of training on obedience and applying the Word of God. It was more, I knew I was saved, you know, Southern Baptist, you're saved and, you know, and we went to church and um, and that, but when I was older, um, I messed up my life somewhat because of bad, poor choices and bad decisions when I became an adult, a young adult.
0: How much of that are you willing to share?
1: Well, not a lot personally. I feel like that was so long ago. It's been covered by Jesus. And through those difficulties, though is where I learned to press in to the Lord and learn to apply what I knew to be true from the Word of God.
0: So when you entered that difficult season of walking away in a sense, Mm -hmm. was your faith shaken or was it really all about indulging in poor choices?
1: Indulging in poor choices. I knew Jesus loved me and I knew that in my heart I loved Him, but I just didn't have that depth of commitment. And um, I don't know exactly what was missing from that. But again, as I made a lot of poor choices and I failed. I had the guilt. So I would confess that and that I'd open the word and um, just, I began to grow in that.
0: And this was teenage years or young adult years?
1: Young adult years when I was, cause I was married when I was 22 and it was probably not the best choice of a marriage. God used it. I was married for 36 years to, and um, God Begin to work in both of us through the challenges and the difficulties.
0: And that home life in your married years, did you together as a couple attend church and raise kids in the church?
1: Yes, we did. He came from a a church background as well. And when we were going through all those difficulties, he felt as if he was never truly born again, but he looked back on that at a certain point in our marriage and did receive the Lord. But he struggled with his identity In Christ and of course I was learning my identity in Christ and so God did do a work during that year he struggled with alcohol so he became an alcoholic those were very challenging years but again I learned so much through that I would never regret I don't regret those difficult times because I that's when I began to grasp who I was in Christ how powerful his word is, how faithful he is, and how forgiving and patient, and just so many things that I still have taken with me throughout my adult life.
0: So you start out your your early years in the church with a foundation. You have an early profession of faith, you get baptized at mm-hmm. a young age, mm-hmm. and then you have a bit of a falling away, mm-hmm. and then a redemption, restoration yes. in your relationship with Christ. And then you have a more solid identity of who you are mm-hmm. in His eyes and who yes. and who that labels you as to move through life. So what does that do for you at that point? Once you've, you've moved on to a solid identity in Christ, what does that do for you, or what did that do for you in terms of the way that you began to navigate everyday situations?
1: Well, I began to—my prayer life developed, and learning the Word, memorizing— And I began to learn to apply the scriptures in specific ways. For instance, how to pray for my husband, how to to forgive that, you know, even when I wasn't, when a person didn't ask for forgiveness. For instance, my husband was not always aware of the offenses that he uh, projected toward me, but I learned to forgive him no matter what. Because then that was just what God called me to do. So there was aspects of my walk with the Lord, and that were so rooted in the Scripture. The Word became the anchor of my soul, and emotionally as well as uh, just relationally. And raising our two children was just occupied a lot of, you know, energy and um, just that commitment to raise them in, in the nurture of the Lord and, and to s- learn scriptures and just learn even for them I tried to teach them how to forgive their dad when he came home in such a state that he was not he was oblivious to his behavior toward me and toward the children sometimes
0: did that ever come to a complete place of healing
1: yes when after my kids were grown and because uh, he went back and forth there were times when he stopped drinking and we thought it was over. But if you know anything about alcoholism, if you pick it back up, you start right where you left off. And so they were grown and almost had a, well, my oldest daughter, well, I have a daughter and a son. And when she was a senior in high school, there was a breakthrough in our marriage. And although they didn't, they weren't always aware of how challenging it was. I should let them really tell you, because I don't know all of what they were experiencing. But he he did pray. We, went, we kept going to church, and he went to an alcohol, Christian alcohol meeting, and they prayed for deliverance, and God did deliver him. He got to that bottom where he was really ready to give up, and from that, there was a change, of course, in our marriage and in his relationship with with me and with the kids, and so they did get to see a transformation take place in my husband.
0: So then what did your life walk look like after that breakthrough in your marriage?
1: Well, I was obviously very thankful and appreciative and in a sense I could relax a bit more instead of like feeling like I need to walk on eggshells and just be careful of what I say and do and how I respond. Now that I didn't always do it right, there were many times when I would, i try to talk to the Lord about it and get, deal with my frustrations and with my anger and that kind of thing in my prayer closet with the Lord. And I would think I would succeed and then something would really um, just cause me to erupt like a volcano. and But then I'd always feel so guilty over that but i would just talk to the lord about it but so that kind of aspect of our marriage was um it was easier if i might use that word to in the in the marriage and i could relax a bit more and um, of course i was very thankful and um, people began to see a change in him which was always
0: of course a big joy so in the timeline of your marriage up to the point of this breakthrough what was your involvement or your family's involvement in there was a point where you went to the Calvary Chapel in Southern California. Where yes. where was that in this timeline?
1: Well, we went there for a quite number of years and I started a home ladies Bible study fellowship
0: before the breakthrough. Yes. Okay. Oh
1: yes, during a lot of those for like 10 years I started doing that and so we had a small group fellowship and we were learning and growing together, but the Lord had used some of my own experiences not to talk about the the difficulties, but the, the, the uh, principles that I learned, the processes, uh, gave me a tender heart toward other women, and I wanted to see them grow. That was my passion. has always been my passion, to see people apply the Word, because I knew I didn't apply it in those early days. And when I began to apply the truths of Scripture, that's when I had peace. I had joy. I had, you know, and I could love unconditionally through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the Word that was buried inside of me.
0: At what point did you become involved with um, Pastor Chuck Smith's wife, Mrs. Smith, uh, in terms of developing some of that curriculum?
1: It started about a a year before my husband passed away. I'd been involved in women's ministry um, there as a group leader. And uh, then Kay and her board had asked me to join the Joyful Life board as opposed to just continuing leading the group. And so that happened probably about two or three years before my husband passed away in 1997. And because I was connected with the church volunteering when my husband died suddenly of a heart attack, that was probably about 10 years after the transformation. So we had about 10 good years, about 26 tough years, but God, again, God redeemed all of that. So then Pastor Chuck and Kay asked me if I wanted to come on staff and help her write some lessons for Joyful Life and oversee the Joyful Life Ladies Friday Morning Bible Study.
0: So right now you're involved in a couple of different ladies' ministries Bible studies yes. uh, here in Idaho Falls. Yes, yes. What has that whole journey been like in terms of being asked to step up on the board there in Southern California to here? What has that looked like?
1: Well, I retired, if you will, after 20 years on staff there. God led me to move here because my daughter and my oldest granddaughter and their families lived here, and I'd come up and visited. And I felt it was time for, well, God really directed me through scriptures, et cetera, to move and so when I had visited Water Springs, and I was really blessed with the ministry here, and so I just prayed, like, God, I, I don't think you're finished with me yet. I had scriptures. So I just said, you open the door. I've never been one to try to push my way into things. I've always felt the Holy Spirit led me personally to wait on him, and he would direct my steps. So I... um. I started coming, of course, but I did I talked with Lori and told her that I had always had home Bible studies and until I got so connected at church, I didn't have them in the home anymore as involved in ministry at the church. Anyway, so I got approval to open my home and we went through this process of, you know, getting it set, set up through the church office and just waited for people to want to come. So that's how that happened. And then um, through the ladies' night out, I was asked to share, um, you know, my testimony. I started by sharing my testimony of how I got here because I'd lived in 50, for 52 years in the same house in Huntington Beach. And obviously I was a retired older woman and to start all over was a bit challenging but i knew it was i knew that i knew that god had told me to come through the scriptures that he given me so does that answer that question
0: i think it does but here's the other thing that i just really admire and i think a lot of people admire and it's not about you know trying to flatter you with anything but it's it's true admiration you've been walking with jesus for several decades yes but you have a passion and a fire for him and for relationships uh, through him that's just amazing. And you engage with—how many women would you say total are involved in all of your Bible studies, approximately?
1: Well, my two home studies, we have about 16. In the one We have two groups on the same day, Thursday morning and Thursday afternoon, because a group got so large. It's hard to keep a Bible study discussion group going if you get more than— and so there's 16 enrolled, 16 or 17, and then typically we have maybe about 10 or 12 ladies that come. Um, so you know, there you have close to 30 ladies, and uh, and then of course with uh, Ladies Night Out, it's just you know you learn you meet people around the table, and you just learn to fellowship.
0: <laughs> That's so encouraging. So one of the main points of this program. This podcast is to equip the body of Christ to move forward and engage with Mm -hmm. people around them. Yes. And my theory is we don't always have the right words. We're not always perfectly equipped. However, the Holy Spirit will give us the words in those moments and he will equip us with what we need to be equipped with if we say yes to his prompting. How do you engage with people in general? Because you obviously carry Jesus uh, in your heart. So how do you engage with people around you?
1: Well, I feel like that I need a, a lot of improvement on personal witness. I am such a task-oriented person that even around my home, I'm, I'm just very organized and, I'm, and I just have this pattern, if you will. And I just get, I, of course, I spend the first of my morning with the Lord every day, and now that I'm retired, if it takes three hours, it's great. Sometimes it's not that long, and that's wonderful. But I I just have
0: to interrupt you here. I have to ask. So you start every day in conversation with the Lord. You start out with prayer, and I'm guessing scripture or something. Yes, yes. How long has that been a pattern for you?
1: Oh, wow, years. Probably 30 years.
0: Okay, before you began that discipline of starting the day in communion with God, what did life look like throughout the day before that?
1: Well, it was really chopped up, and I didn't seem to have the peace, and I really didn't seem to get accompli- accomplished as much as once I put Jesus first. Um,
0: so this is great. This isn't just, you're not just doing right. a sales pitch here. What you're doing no. is you're talking about a lifestyle change. Yes. You, you formerly, a little more than 30 years ago, did not do this, but now you have uh, pretty committedly uh, moved forward with starting the day relationally mm-hmm. with God. And yes. then he directs your steps through the day. Man, yes. that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited by that because it's just what the message was about in church um, this last week. And I know not, not when this podcast is released, but no. know when we recorded it.
1: Well, and and it's come to the where I get so familiar that now for several years, I've tried to get a new translation of the Bible every new year to start and read in a different translation. And that has helped. Because for, a, I mean, not that I don't want to know all the, know the scripture from the New King James, but it, it, it opens up my eyes and, and gets more application through, you know, I love the New Living as a devotional, but I, this past year, for the first time, I, I got a chronological Bible. And so I've, I'm just finishing, it's November, so I'm just finishing the Bible chronologically, which mm-hmm. has been fascinating.
0: So a question, let's say hypothetically you run across someone who obviously is not a believer. Mm-hmm. How do you begin a conversation with them? Do you just start spouting off scripture? Do you tell them you need to be saved? I mean, how do, how do you engage?
1: Basically, I try to do through body language, through smiling and through um, just uh, occasionally I'll say Jesus loves you or even I'll just say, God bless you. How's your day going? That type of thing. But I'm again, I need a lot of help. In witnessing, I'm a shy person in the natural and I don't do well with strangers. Jesus does, but I don't.
0: Do you have any stories off the top of your head um, where maybe you engaged with a complete stranger and you felt prompted to continue the conversation and it went somewhere that you just didn't expect it to?
1: Well, you got to remember how old I am. I'm trying to remember a situation.
0: Well, so you look 50. (laughs)
1: Oh, oh, that's very kind. Thank you. (laughs) I have a new best friend, and his name is James. (laughs) Uh, I really can't recall. Okay.
0: All right. You've just been faithful for years, and that's so exciting. Uh, There were a couple people who brought your name to my attention. I already knew who you were, but uh, it's been an honor to hear some of your story and some of your journey. And I hope that serves as encouragement to people out there mm-hmm. to say there are dark and difficult times yes. in people's lives, but you remained faithful mm-hmm. and Jesus yes. remained faithful in your home. Yes. And eventually he transformed your husband's life, yes. Yes, broke those chains, yes, restored your marriage. Yes. And you said you got 10 solid good years out of that. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, it is good.
1: I do have an equation that I like that's practical. Sure. The word plus faith... Plus obedience plus time equals spiritual growth. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, goodness.
0: Thank you so much. That's You're so welcome. beautiful. Glenda, thank you.
1: Thank you, James.
0: Wow. Glenda's story for me personally is epic because she has decades decades of walking with Jesus but it wasn't all sunny skies and you know uh, yellow brick road and it, it was a lot of hardship she lost her father before she was even born she had a husband who struggled with alcoholism and in the midst of those trials she still was engaged with scripture she still was engaged with her relationship with Jesus She even talked about how the women's Bible study um, was a support system in a sense, not to talk about the gossip of what was happening at home, but to deal with the principles of struggle and hardship. And then Jesus delivered her husband from those chains. And she never seemed, from what she shared, to ever grow complacent in her walk. It was always a desire to grow closer to Jesus and she's a very sweet person if if you don't know glenda she has a very warm face she's very friendly uh, it's easy to talk to her and she she mentioned how she's shy and sometimes the only thing she does is smile at someone to share jesus but when you get engaged in conversation with her jesus is not some buzzword that she avoids she very freely shares her faith but even more so, I wish we had recorded this part once we were done, she, she started talking about her passion for evangelism. She shared how her struggles in life have helped her to be there for people who are going through difficult seasons. And she really, really has a heart for believers who are young in their faith or who have been a Christian for years but need to move in their maturity, in, in their uh, walk with Jesus, discipleship. It was just a a great, great conversation. I hope it encouraged you as much as it did me. God bless you. We'll see you next time.